0: Go to idsfranchisemarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and I am happy to have our guest today and an awesome brand. I love talking about cars, so uh, this will be fun. But I have Charles Bonfiglio with Tint World. He is the, the founder and the CEO and I want to welcome to the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, happy for the invite. You got it. It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit about how you landed to where you are. It's always an
0: interesting story. And I know you have a history in franchising, kind of looking at it from different angles. So tell us a little bit of how you landed with this brand and your CEO now.
1: I don't know if I landed here, but I certainly had a journey to get here for sure. You know, I mean, I guess... Really what propelled me to get to where I am is I always had a passion for cars. As a teenager, I always loved them. And I didn't think I was gonna use it as a way to, you know, grow financially, or I just really loved the lifestyle of cars and, and customizing them and And so when I turned 21, I decided I want to open up my own car shop, and I bought a one-way ticket to Florida from Brooklyn, New York, and uh, took two suitcases and headed down there myself. And here I am in Florida thinking about what kind of business can I open. I wanted to create a car stereo shop, aftermarket accessories, and things of that nature. I really love working with my hands and working with people on cool cars. And I really tr- I couldn't get a loan from the banks. I couldn't. I couldn't get a landlord to you know trust me to lease me because it was like a unique business model, and I only wanted a nice retail location. And after being down in Florida for a little bit, I uh, I found franchising. And I said, "Whoa! I mean, this is great if I can find a franchise that can support me." But there was nothing in the category of aftermarket accessories that, at the time, or even recently, that I found. And I came across a, a Meineke franchise. A cousin of mine opened one in New Jersey, and he was doing well. And him and his brother recommended it. And I looked into it. And if I couldn't have an aftermarket accessory business, let me go with a, you know, a, a franchise with with Meineke and auto service and repair. And with that, they uh, I saw very quickly by using the name and discussing uh, with leases and, and banks, I was able to get the loans that I wouldn't get on my own because they had these special programs for franchising. And that's when I realized I can leverage this franchising to be able to have a roadmap, a plan, and grow. And when I'm ready, maybe in the future, I can open up the business of my dreams. And that's how it started. Wow.
0: Wow. It's funny. I mean, that's, you know... They're always different. I always hear different stories, but it always comes from noticing something that's not there. You know, a lot of times it doesn't have to be, it could be a process or a way customers are treated or something that's missing from a business or something you just would like to see yourself. But that's, that's really interesting to see that, uh, how that evolved. So now here you are, right? I kind of say land because I know time flies. I know a lot changes, and, all, and then here we are, right, in, in the present. And in the present, you're growing this amazing brand. And these last couple of years, especially in the world we live in, uh, you've been growing really, really quickly. So tell us about you know your vision for the brand, and, and where do you see this going? How How big of a brand will it be? And tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, you know, I, I learned a lot from my prior franchise experience. Being a multi store owner, I grew to ten stores, and I had, and you know, I owned a lot of the real estate I developed along the way. So I learned a lot of things from the franchisor and from other franchisees that really got me to be better. Um, and you learn what you like, what you want, what the franchise does really well, and what things you can do. Um, I saw that, you know, expanding categories of services was really important because there's always a change, a dynamic change where, you know, sooner or later, something runs dry, something changes. And if you really want a, you know, a sustainable brand to continue growth, you always have to be looking out to the future on what's the next, you know, item or items that are going to be able to sustain you, uh, whether it be seasonally or whether technology is going to be taking over or whether new new services are just all kinds of things. And so when I built the Tip World franchise, I really built it. We have 20 categories of services. And unlike most franchise company, we don't just have a brick and mortar, and we don't just have home services or commercial services or marine services. We have them all. So I saw when I was a minor franchisee, I had the work that I can do in the four walls of my stores. And so I made bigger stores and bigger stores so I can get as much vehicles in there to work at one time. I was really good at marketing and good at, you know, getting customer service and building a good team. But I saw that, you know, I can only get as big as this store and it was okay. I'd build another one and I'd build another one. until so they were really full up and loaded, maxed out. Um, and so with Tip World... I designed it where you can fill up your store, but then you could also, you know, handle the customers, you know, do you have a house, do you have a boat, do you have a business, I'll be able to do those services for you. And we have trucks on the road doing mobile services at the same time, we have the brick and mortar that keeps our foundation of our business model growing. And um, I just felt that that was really the best way to go um although it's a little more complex um once you build your store it's just building the other channels of opportunity and that's what we're doing and so i really feel that we have a really bright future because it's been really a good ride i spent the first 10 years really focusing on building the business like the categories relationship with manufacturing distributors and 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 you know really building a team that's really going to support them right in the field as well as know their financial understanding. So by doing all this, it gives you empowerment of the franchisees to be able to grow because they have the foundation. That it took me like 30 years to get to that level. My goal is I can get them there in 25% of the time if I can just give them the knowledge that I learned about. And that starts with giving my team the knowledge and putting them out there and empowering them every quarter, working with them on their growth goals. So it's it's been ongoing, and I see a really bright future. All the categories that we're working in are have a, a, a projected growth in each industry category we work in. So I, I think that we're really positioned well for growth.
0: Gotcha. How, how would you sum that up when, when you talk about the categories? And, and I'm thinking in my mind, you know, services, products, ways of helping the local uh, the local consumer. And I know you have one in my town. This recently in Colorado Springs, I believe. You uh, you you launched one, but tell me a little bit about um, that experience for the customer. What's different about you, I guess, like when I compare you to some of these, like you mentioned, Meineke, but how are you different? What,
1: what is your orientation? So really, you know, listen, the automotive maintenance and repair industry is very broad, uh, both on OE, which is the dealerships, and then the aftermarket. Um, and so, you know, you can have, you know, all the top brand names, Midas, Meineke, Goodyear, Firestone, pep all these brands are all good maintenance, repair and service brands. And that's really nice, but there's a lot more competition, a lot bigger buying power that are owning companies and, and doing certain things. So as a franchisee, you're still like in a, in a crowded industry doing a niche, but still doing well, but still crowded. And so it's hard to really be leveraged and be the leader in that in any category. So, but when you get into aftermarket accessories, whether it be window tinting, paint protection film for vehicles, uh, vehicle wraps, whether it be color change or design, or for fleet fleets of uh, home service fleets and other kinds of brands that are on the road, they have to be branded well to today's customer to know who they are and brag about their brand. That is their billboard, their signage when they're driving around town. So we do a lot of that. Um, We also do mobile electronics, so when you want car stereo upgrades or remote starts for your car or you want um, any kind of protective devices, um, even GPSs we do for, you know, commercial services, Um, all the different things that you do. We do some of the police departments for the sirens and the lighting and all the different electronics. Um, So that's a really big industry. And then, of course, we do wheels and tire packages, as well as performance parts, lift kits, so you can put them on vehicles. Um, All the styling services and detailing and reconditioning services, ceramic coatings is very big for us. We have our own line of ceramic coatings um, to really protect cars. You don't have to wax your car anymore every week, and it's really just like wax. You know, it just dries up. Um, Now you have a protective uh, coating on the car. It's very hydrophobic. You have to clean your car a lot less because dirt just falls right off. Cleans easy, and it lasts almost forever. I mean, it's really if you have the right coating, it can last a very long time with very minimal maintenance. Wow. Well, I, I mean you you it's just I, I almost want to I want to buy one. <laughs> uh because I
0: mean as a business person and as a sales and marketing person, I, I I pick up on things and like you're 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 saying things that I could see why it could be scaled, right? Why you could really build a big, big business and it's not necessarily confined to the walls, right? Where you have a consumer business and you know the consumers near you come to you for things. It's great. But when you talk about servicing businesses and you talk about your local governments or you talk about all these different angles of, you know, people, niches and passions people have about their cars, there's just so many ways to reach your local community and do business, right? And grow your business. And so that I see what you mean by, you know, kind of being maxed out and you know what I mean? Going to another location and another one. But with this kind of model with the right contracts, the right relationships. You really can grow substantially. I'm sure there's some scaling, but how how does that work um, with scaling? So um, you know you're growing uh, pretty rapidly for a franchisor, and when you launch a new franchisee, tell us a little bit about what goes into that onboarding and that that, that launch process, so that they can hit the ground running. How how does that look for you?
1: You know that's kind of really I, I I put a lot of my energy in the first ten years because. I was a franchisee, and I, I thought that there was a lot that the franchisor did well. You know, some things you always think that maybe you could do it a little better. What would they want? A little more transparency. Their marketing dollars focused on their location so they can see it real time. Um, You know, consulting, how to do business and p ls We have an outsourced bookkeeping service that actually does the books for all the franchisees, and we integrated the point of sale into our online accounting program. So we took all the burden off of, you know, owning a business, of doing that wasteful work, and just Really, the franchisees can focus on their customers and their employees. If they can focus on that and just honing on the skills and knowing our business system, they know what leads are coming in. They know how we track how long it takes to respond to them. We show them their KPIs with a dashboard so they can see everything that they're doing really well and it benchmarks across the whole chain to see where they can do better. And we encourage franchisees to cross talk with each other in a groups and learn from each other because that's really what I did. And there's really nobody talking about that, really. So I'm really always talking about that, like learn from your peers and, you know, measure yourself based on your own growth, not just being jealous of someone else. Help learn, give them information and get information. So that's really what I did. It, And then when when they're getting to grow and they really start got their team in this inside their business running right, now they can really hone on their skills of outside sales. You know, I mean, you got businesses that need graphics on the windows. They need, you know, they got, you know, I got... Uh, strip walls that have sun coming in and we can block that sun with good quality window film. Um, we can actually take care of homes with window films, ceramic coatings, you know, theft protection with the uh, security films on the homes. Um, there's a lot of really channels. And on a boat in marinas, I mean, these people that own boats, they're just dying for someone to have, have the skill set with a brand to go in there and do everything to a boat you can do in a car. Maybe without the wheels, but, you know, Boat graphics, boat ceramic coatings, boat detailing, boat audio systems, boat video systems, uh, security on boats, you know, all kinds of really lighting on boats. So everything in a car, for the most part, you can pretty much outfit a boat. Says people with boats, they expect to spend thousands of dollars on these jobs. And there's really no player in that other than the one-off guys in every marina. And we go into the marina, we set up. I mean, they, they literally, we like to talk. We get around there. And so it's, it's really a way to spread out outside of the business and really start really working the communities around our stores. And um, it's, I focused all my energy on that. And then when I was ready to actually start scaling franchise sales, I mean, we just tripped over a few sales a year of new franchise sales with very little marketing. I was really concerned about building the system for, you know, like really success, predictable outcomes. So I would open up franchises and not have to concern that there was something not there for them to be successful. I didn't want to be that guy that had people investing into the company and really not being successful. That would be my my nightmare. And so I really built it for myself to not have any aggravation, to have people win when they go in and have great, you know, community attitudes and, and strong growth. And to do that, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier when there's a system to follow and it pretty much automates a lot of the processes. So I spent the first ten years of that, and then I was ready to offer it to grow really quickly. Um, I had about seventy stores in two thousand nineteen, and at that point, it was time to really scale and grow. And so I really put a lot of my energy into franchise sales and the experience that a new prospect would, you know, have. On the onboarding process, I kind of look back to the Ford assembly line on building a car, like you know, the chassis, the body, the wheels, the the, the trimmings, and everything, and then it's off for the races. And so I built like in that category of when a franchise prospect wants to come in, they want to know all these things each step of the way. And then it's building the location, the build out, the, lo- the, the marketing systems, you know, the, the, the franchise employees, and then off to the races. I mean, so it was really just building that experience. And I put all the team in the right places to do it. Um, I hired like four people that literally ran that assembly line from real estate to onboarding to build out to uh, uh, opening up events and, uh, and then marketing and, and then building their team for success right off the get-go. That was really what I put into place. And now that allowed us to grow really quickly and be confident that we can go a lot of stores without very much turbulence at all. It's really successful. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean,
0: I got to commend you, honestly, Charles. I, I, don't, I haven't heard that yet. Like, I purposely grew slow. And 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 I know that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly true. You need a foundation that not only a foundation of, of franchisees that are successful and, 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 you know, you don't want the opposite of that, right. That's certainly not going to help you grow, but to, to know that, to have that, to have that foresight, to to know that beforehand and to be patient and to do the right thing. And then obviously, clearly you have now put that into gear because the last, you know, and, and then to do it, and we won't spend much time on covid but to do it through that and have the momentum you have is an amazing testament to what you're doing there it just can't it can't it can only work well <laughs> if, if if you're going through that and and having the kind of volume and and new stores and and that you're having so i commend you for that and for your approach um yeah, that and I think maybe maybe some of that does come from being a franchisee, though, right? Maybe from that well, it view, does.
1: it does. But you know, just to reflect back on some of the like more <laughs> that some of the um the the more modest approach. To be honest, I was a franchisee. I really got. I, really well involved with the franchisor of Meineke. I helped them launch their first point of sale system as their chairman of their computer committee. I trained at their conventions. I really went to visit different stores all over the country because I like to learn from them and actually help them grow. And so I really was a little bit of a different franchisee, but I also knew that I was concerned about certain things. I used to see my old franchisor and other companies, they had like so many bookkeepers in the office and, you know, the checks in the mail and this is bouncing and this is going on. And I didn't, like, I'm really a very neat person. I don't really want any loose ends and turbulence and I don't want that. So how do I do that? I have to make these franchises so successful that it's, it's just easy to trip over being good. You know, it just is no, if you could do that, so that's and and I also looked at like okay what don't I want? I don't want a big legal team. I don't want that aggravation. And I don't want a big accounting team. I don't want that aggravation. So how do I you know? Those are the two things that I'm least wanting to deal with the problems and 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 the collections. So how do I do that? Well, I basically built the system for automated reporting. So like once a week. I mean, we got over eighty million dollars in our uh our chain-wide sales right now. As of this year, and they, the royalties will come out once a week automatically. I have one accounting person administers the whole system right now. One, and um, I'm just getting ready to hire a second one just to be, you know, you know, to be proactive. But really, we, I automated this. I actually built our system when we had less than twenty stores to be where I I could have a I could have a thousand. I, I already built what, what Meineke had in a thousand or nine hundred what they had. And I wanted those systems built before I actually started to scale. So when I would grow into it, I would have a very lean accounting department. I'd have almost no um, a legal department. And why? Because I don't treat people bad. I empower them to grow. I help them get in. And if they ever want, I help them get out. Some people want to grow in different ways. Um, so by doing those things, I think that was really goes a long way. And it helps people one way or the other. So being proactive on that was good. And then also putting the financial programs in place where it's easy for franchises to be profitable and automate the billing process. By doing those things, really all my team is a marketing team, franchise sales team, franchise development, franchise training, and franchise operations. And marketing is the biggest. Marketing is a third of my staff. I'm, I'm yeah. all about getting the more business. and But not just doing it. Like I really train my franchisees with a dashboard. They see all the leads coming in, and what's organic, what's paid, what's social, what's influencer, everything is articulated. And they don't want to look at all the stats. They just want to know how many leads, when they're coming in, who they are, what the cost per lead, if any, and match that up with return on investment. So when they come into the point of sale and it reports back to the CRM when the closeout's done, they can see what they spent on, on leads for the month and what the return on investment, how many. How many customers came in from those? How many return? What was the... Pro- so if they spend like $2,000 in a the month, they know they got $37,000 in sales. I mean, they have to know that. And when they do, I don't have to tell them and say how good we are. They could understand it and appreciate that I'm being transparent. So when you feel like you're confident, you're doing a good job, you really want people to know about it, not to brag and not to preach because they might not understand it. And you know, when I was a franchisee and I would go to my franchisor and say, listen, how... Had like the biggest stores, and there was a lot of them. I was given a lot, a lot of money in marketing. I'm like, but well, how do I quantify? Where am I where are my leads? How do I know? And I said, Well, you could see the whole company goes up, uh, you know, when we do advertising, you know, even yeah, what's my store on there? You know, how do I know what yeah. you know, what I'm getting? And it'd be nice to be a little bit more transparent. So it wasn't that they did a bad job. I just looked at it from an angle like, well, I really want to know. I just want to know yeah. what, what I'm getting out of this. And I know I got a good deal. I said, you don't know how good of a deal. So yeah. I, you know, I think that by bringing that. Now, let me tell you something. There's no good deed goes undone, it's unserved, don't notice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can yeah. do great. But, like, I also learned that every quarter, every quarter, I have to bring new and exciting programs to our franchise. Because, it's like, you know, every quarter, it's like, what did you do for me yesterday? That's what did me yesterday. What did you do for me today? You know, so you always have to have something new growing. But that's easy for me because I love recreating and inventing and expanding and growing systems, process services. And I feel this there's never enough to be grown. Um, so I'm always doing that. And I think that's one of the things the franchisees like most about our team is that we're always coming out with really new, exciting things to help grow. They know, know about it until we launch them and they're like, oh, wow, you know, it's good. Yeah. So um, I think that's really important to let them know you're always growing. And um, and that's with thick and thin. A lot of other companies have really tough times in the last several years and we just grew, grew, grew like nobody else. Um, so that's a testament to the mindset that we actually not only have in corporate, but how we empower the franchise owners out in the field because, you know, they're, they're in there. They don't know. We're on these meetings, and these sessions, and these trainings all the time. We're bringing it back to them and keeping their mind positive. And then I give them some of the stuff. Listen, I've been around. I've been through all the crashes and the, the 9-11 and I've been through the two thousand, you know, turndowns, all the different things. And I found... Whenever those times are hard, I work harder when most people are frightened, and I always come out on the upside because I'm really getting ahead double time when I get out. I'm your situated right. So I kind of power my franchising with that same mind thought. Now, don't get me wrong. I I realize that there's some people that had it worse than others, but if you do have the ability to work right through it and grow something special, it's probably better to take your mind off and doing something positive if you can. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: I would re-listen to that. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing things like being proactive, being transparent, being innovative, right? Staying fresh, working hard, uh, being transparent. Um, It's you know, and and I feel like what you're saying does have a lot to do with your, uh, you know, you're going through the other side of it for a while, and being a true entrepreneur. Like hearing you talk, you you're a person that likes to. Make impact and 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 fix things that don't work right. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense to me. Why do we do it that way? Let's not do it that way. Um, so that's amazing. I mean, so I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to leave the audience. I one of my last questions is usually, if you could sum that up, right? All those great things you just mentioned. Is there one thing? Is there one principle that you have found that helps guide you or helps guide your team? Is there something you always kind of
1: start with when you're when you're leading your team or anything you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Well, I mean, I, I really, the people that I, I, as far as my, my corporate team, uh, you're speaking um, again, we have almost started the 29 people and about nine of them around the field and ops ops, you know, their franchise consultants going around meeting stores, opening stores, and doing everything that they do. Um, and then there's about 20 of us that are in the corporate entity, which almost half of those are marketing and um, marketing videographers, everything. Um, so, But we really have a good time. But the most important thing is to put the franchisee first, because if they're having turbulent times, what do you think that we're going to have? If they're all rosy and peachy and growing and having beautiful families and life events and they're coming to our conventions and they're making money, my FDD looks good, my franchisees love us and our franchise. Family here in the office, they're doing well. They got no turbulence. So if we take care of them first, we will in turn be in really good stats. If you're trying to look at the money and chase the money and not focus on what you're really here for is growing franchises and making them successful and profitable, not just money, sales, but profitable success. If you do that, our life gets easy. And there's no doubt you can ask anybody in my team if that's what's most important to them and they get it. They really get that.
0: I, I love it, you know, and I, there was a recent study, a poll done of franchisors and you know how they asked you know what what's on your mind lately um for twenty twenty three and profitability was one of the top at the list, and it's funny because guys like you that's you know that's the right place to be thinking, right? That's the real thing, right? It's nice to have those vanity metrics, but many times you you have a big revenue company and you're working harder and you' think I could right size this differently it's more about what I'm keeping and, and the profit right um but anyway that's amazing I really appreciate your time today Charles is there uh is there a website we could share with the audience uh, a little more about obviously your 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 local stores but also about the opportunity um, well, yeah, to
1: get I mean, involved. T- Well, tintworld.com. T-I-N-T-W-O-R-L-D dot com will get you all about our business and our systems and everything that we do. But then there's a franchise opportunity site at com, which is a link on the main site to go there. And that really, I think we did a really good job of explaining, you know, what we do, how we do it, how we support. And there's some videos on there. You can not only just from me, from other people, um, how our community works. Uh, and really, the forecasting of where our industries are going and all the channels we serve, like, it's hard to deny that we are unique and we're the only model that's doing what we're doing. And we're in all growing industries, 20 categories. So, like, why wouldn't you go with the highest profit, profitability business if you like it, if you can afford to get into it, and if you can own your own little mini market, whether it be one or multi-stores, like, why wouldn't you want to? That's where, that's where you're going to lead your life with a successful business. And um, that's really what I tried to build. What I wanted,
0: yeah, now, I mean, like I said you're 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 making me want to uh, look into it. you know it's uh it, it, again, it, one thing you kept talking about that really struck me was the flexibility of the business model, right? There's so many ways to serve people around you and and kind of gravitate to your strengths and and then and then scale. so uh, what an amazing opportunity for folks. Uh, I, I tell you, I appreciate your time today, and I just want to thank our guests and and our, our sponsors and our everybody for tuning in, and, and thanks again, Charles. Bye for now.
1: Bye bye. Thank you.